rolling on the show. Hello, welcome to Heavy Hole Podcast. My name's Tom. Welcome three Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Big Will, aka Uncle Bad Dad Jokes all day. Oh, I'm so, I apologize. Numbers, man. Too Terrible. many numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of numbers. Numbers I can't figure out. It's like the Twilight Zone. You know who can't figure out numbers? Justin, and he's yeah. not here. That's <laughs> right. We, yeah, you handed that off. That was good. I had to. Yeah, we're tall guys. We could play basketball in another life if that, we wanted to. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, shout to Justin, another tall guy who could play basketball in another life. That's not what he's doing right now, I hear. No. Um, was he here earlier today? No, he wasn't. Because it smells like fish and uh, menthol cigarettes. Oh, does it? Yeah, I don't know. What's, <laughs> don't... what's going on down here? Maybe you got the air conditioner over there. Does Maybe. it really? I can't Did smell it. Did you drain that right air now. conditioner properly, or was Justin? You could probably hear in my voice I'm a little uh, congested right now. I can't smell. Are you all right? I think so. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Just have, allergies or something. Have, have you been outside? Recently, yes. Okay. But um, probably I need to be there more. All right, doing the computer stuff, right? Doing yeah, a little, just melting. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Well, I don't want to tell you to go outside too much because then I'll end up spending more time on the computer trying to do the you, all the stuff you do for us on right. the podcast. Yeah, and I'm always professing. Yeah, gotta save yourself a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, save yourself for marriage. All right. How? Listen. Speaking of the blessed uh, Sunday, how was your weekend? Uh weekend was all right. I uh, let's see what I do. Oh yeah, you know, last week I. Uh, I did my taxes, so I, I filed an extension. This is what I do. I always do a six-month extension. Okay. Um, give me a little extra time, and my accountant somehow messed up, and I uh, I paid my income tax federal twice. Wow. Uh, so I have no money. Wow. For I, the next uh, 15 days or so. That's a bummer. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Yeah, you seemed a little stressed. I oh, thought something was up. I'm, well, you know. You were crying. Before. I was crying before. You were crying. That's, that's actually right. why I'm sniffling right now. A little now. stifled right yeah, now. That's where the congestion comes from. I've told you. I've, I've been studying. I have not much to report. Yeah, numbers, taxes. Data wow. types, things yeah. like that. I, I, it's not fun. So tell uh, me something fun. Well, I mean, um, gee, I, I don't want to talk about smoking weed and death metal and like elevate the conversation right now. I feel a little weird. Bring, I feel like a loser now. No, this? no, I need this, man. Let me think about adult stuff right now. Uh, um cleaning out the basement go, going through old magazines chores yeah yeah um se- separating laundry mm-hmm. different types of la- uh what else we got building uh shelves um uh, <laughs> get, uh getting the car serviced on time you know uh, when you get the oil change they hit you with the little mileage sticker where you got to bring it back for the oil change yeah doing it within that time frame that's very adult yeah right? okay no listen i didn't do any of that actually Actually, um, I had to, I, you know, AAA, I got to actually say something. This saddens me. Um, true experience. I, If you go back, we did an episode early on uh, about touring. Um, and I, we, I, I don't know if I mentioned it then. I probably mentioned it on other episodes about having a AAA membership card. It's very important. For going on tour. I may have shared the story of AAA coming and jump-starting the tour van in San Diego in the parking lot of the brick-by-brick brick, uh, venue. Uh, Buesh out to them, back in action, I see. Um, I had a horrible experience, AAA leaving me high and dry uh, in Huntington Station, Long Island, New York this weekend. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Shout out to Ace Auto Repair, um, my, my mechanic of choice in the Huntington area. Recommending a private tow truck that could come and facilitate my situation. Uh, after waiting oh, nearly 24 hours, these people couldn't get um, a tow truck for me. With my my problem, my vehicle wouldn't jump start. I thought it was the alternator. Can I guess the alternator? Can I, I? I I've heard a lot of this recently. When you ask why something can't get done, it's because COVID. No, greasy Long Island guys. Wow. Greasy Long Island contract guys allegedly. Yeah, so that's refreshing because yeah. the whole time – I'm not going to go through the whole thing here. Like, long story short, I had a mechanical issue with my vehicle. I'm not going to get into it. Conveni- Luckily, I wasn't, like, all the way out in Yapank at Pyrexia rehearsal or something or, uh, or like, out in Brooklyn at a show or something. I was, like, right, you know, by my house at a 7-Eleven store after work getting a non-alcoholic beverage to go home with. Uh, I assure you, and um, uh, you know, vehicle wouldn't start. 
nice nice neighborhood fella uh, tried to give me the old jump start. Um, that that's not an innuendo. We really had the jumper cables there. It was Two all cables. That's didn't it. Didn't work. Not for nipples. Didn't turn over. Yeah, we didn't try them on the nipples for laughs, even though it was Saturday night. Um, didn't vehicle it. Didn't turn over. You know, so my go-to guess, being a car guy as I am, the the alternator. No, I'm not the guy. That's what the, the other guy said. I wouldn't have known that. He told me it's probably my alternator if it's not even jump starting. Uh, long story short, we called AAA. They told me you're gonna have to wait till after midnight. Um, to 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 go. I said, listen, I'm like a gremlin. If I wait till after midnight to eat my snacks that I just bought here, it's gonna be a bad news. So I went home, locked locked the bitch up, went home, called them the next day. They had me wait until damn near dinner time all day as I'm building my beautiful deck out out in the backyard where I could sit with the cats, right. burn some weed allegedly. Um, uh, yeah, had to get the had to get the damn thing towed at the end of the day. So I got a long. Winding, winding my story down. I'm really just venting to you because I don't have anyone else in my life besides the underground. Metal this would be scene. easier if Justin was here, but Justin would probably have a lot of good innuendo for this. He'll get a lot yeah. of good Long Island stuff. Um, the bottom line is, I got to recant. Uh, I got to renege. I got to um, take back my recommendation of AAA as the chosen automobile service. For touring musicians. If you want to get that, that's on you. I'm just recanting my own one experience as one man. Um, but they left me high and dry. Uh, the dispatch operators, no concern for the lengthy amount of time I was left high. Thank God. Um, you know, I thank God I wasn't vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was strong. I thought about Sarah Jezebel Diva from Cradle of Filth. Uh, ex Cradle of Filth, ex Therion, ex Mortise, current solo artist and singer of uh, Torn Between Two Worlds. I she gave me a lot of strength emotionally, lyrics, you know, the, the, the inspirational nature of the songs that got me through. Um, so that was my weekend in a nutshell. It was a little. I missed afterbirth rehearsal for all this. Because another thing, Not they cool. told me they had a tow truck coming, and then they called me later in the day and said, "No, you got to wait till Monday." If they had said that earlier in the day, I wouldn't have missed afterbirth rehearsal. People in bands. With me, and I'll go on record. You got bandmates, you want to leave a voicemail. You want to leave, leave me the old Tony Baldone in the voicemail or something. I don't miss rehearsals, you know, for nothing. Yeah, I missed a few when I had corona. All right? Reasonable, I believe. I stayed home. Some would say. I mi- Yeah, I missed... Uh, let's, not, let's not wait in. Um, I missed... Uh, I missed a few rehearsals when I broke my ankle many years ago. Not related to me being fat. Um, could happen to anybody. I, you know, but I don't miss rehearsals off. So AAA owes me one rehearsal. Uh, they owe me one day of my life, really. Um, so that's my vent about AAA. That was my weekend. But listen, a guy, I brought it back. I'm still on the Segway because I, I, I don't know. My Jeep's still in limbo. I don't, AAA left me high. I'm on this. I'm, I'm taking this head, the Segway from Heavy Hole Podcast it's, Studios in yeah. Barbados uh-huh. and driving it around Huntington Station to buy beer. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Poetic. Yeah, AAA, fix my Jeep, please. So, a guy knows plenty about crunching numbers and doing all that adult stuff. Why? Because he's a grown man. Chris Basile of Pyrexia is going to be our guest this evening, and he's going to talk to you all about that blue-collar real talk. He's going to let you know why the tow truck drivers in Long Island are not coming to pick you up. No, I don't know if he knows about that situation. We'll make him aware. We will. I'll fill, I'll, that's I'll, how we'll start. I'll do this whole story all over again at the top of the interview. No, he's going to let you know what's going on with the band Pyrexia, classic Long Island pioneers of Long Island-style death metal, what some people might call slam, deathcore. I don't know. There's all these words, Tom. Words hate, and numbers. Hate words. I'm getting delirious again. Put them right. on. from Heavy Hole Podcast, joined by my co-host Tom. Yep. And Justin couldn't be here this evening. Shout out to Justin, but Chris Basile of Pyrexia is our guest yet again on Heavy Hole Podcast. How you doing, Chris? 
What's going on, boys? How we been? Chilling, man. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Of course. Of course. I'm, I'm just sorry we can't share a beer this time. <laughs> it's it's all good, man. Yeah, we. For, and for those who don't uh, know, maybe new listeners or Pyrexia fans uh, who are new to what we do on Heavy Hole Podcast, just tuning in for Chris. Uh, Chris has been on the show many times. He was actually, I think, our first studio guest back when we had people in studio, long before the pandemic even it was a thing. Um, and if Pyrexia fans or people that are new to Pyrexia want to get the whole story and history of Chris and the band and uh, even some updates along the way, Chris has been on the podcast quite a few times already, uh, and we're bringing you back because you've got some new news in the Pyrexia camp that we're going to go through. Right, Chris? Absolutely. So no, we made, We've spent a lot of time over this past two years on lockdown uh, trying not to make things collapse, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually went in the other direction. We kind of built our little Manhattan project. And uh, we got some bombs to drop. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> fi- fi- Allegedly. Figuratively. So, <laughs> so um, F- FBI guys listening. So dro- the guy from Drug Haters are listening. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, um, uh, there's a lot I want to go through. But what you're talking about, I know personally, is you took some of the time. Um, you know, everybody, it, it, the sad news with the, with the pandemic, people canceled tours, canceled shows, this and that. You took some of that time, and you actually built your own studio, right? Not only a recording studio, but you also have a rehearsal facility in there. No, we did, we did. Uh, we kind of went a little extra on this place. You've been down there, Tommy. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's been great. Uh, it, no, there's no doubt that COVID sucks. I mean, we were on tour with Pathology right in the middle when this thing struck. And I had literally took the leap to quit my job and say, yeah, let's do death metal 100% and go on tour and maybe 12 shows in, the whole thing gets canceled. And, you know, we haven't played a show since. We have not played a show since our last show. I think it was New Jersey with Pathology, and that was two Aprils ago. So it's terrible. So what do you do? You know, uh, you, you, you can't book a... We actually had tours booked that were can- uh, canceled. They had a Morbid Angel tour was supposed to be on uh, last this past September that got canceled. Uh, so many things, uh, brutal assault, not brutal assault, uh, obscene extreme. We were supposed to play, canceled. So that you know can get very depressing. But you you, you can't uh, you can't let it fold you up. So we took it inside. And we just decided let's go crazy. Let's build out this recording studio. Let's build out uh, the rehearsal spot. And uh, that's what we did. Built a great place, and then uh, got to work. It's awesome. We got. Uh, I got to check it out. Will, you've seen it before, right? You went over there recently? Uh, it, yeah, it's. I mean, I could go on. It's. Yeah, it's pretty amazing um, what they did. And, I mean, I, I know, you know, we used to rehearse. You know, I, I've been down to rehearsals before you did all this work. But maybe do you want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the work that goes into this, some of the research? Like, Chris, do you have a background in construction, say, or audio engineering? I do. I, I mean, that's basically what I spent the past 25 years doing both. I worked uh, as a, a union engineer for 25 years. So HVAC, electrical work, plumbing, thats that was my bread and butter because we all know death metal doesn't pay the bills. So that was my way, my source of income. And Sean is a master plumber as well. So between us, you know, we didn't have to bring anybody outside of the band to, to make it happen. Danny was an integral part, helping us carry boards of sheetrock up and down. But, uh, yeah, we built out the entire place. Uh, I had a, a, a similar studio in my other house, but nothing as elaborate uh, as what we did this time around. And so, I mean, just for, for people, like beginner-type people who might be trying to do something like this in their own house, that maybe they got a band, they want to build a rehearsal room out of the garage or the basement, like, what what are some things getting into that, that you didn't think about? Like, getting into, like, everybody might think, okay, listen, I'll get some foam to throw on the walls, uh, you know, we'll 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 clear it out. We'll we'll throw a wall, we'll put a, an extension wall over here. What are some things to to really think about when getting into this? Well, that's kind of tough. I mean, if if you don't have the background and experience uh, of construction or, or you know being able to build it yourself, I mean, I would guess you would have to do some kind of uh, apprenticeship or some kind of you know work with somebody to learn how to do that. If you don't have friends that know how to do that kind of stuff, I really couldn't advise somebody uh, on a trade. That's like we actually put probably four trades of what we know into building that studio. So if this really wasn't a beginner project, so I, I don't think you could go into something like this as a beginner because I said, unless you already know how to run electric or, or how to plumb a, a, a home or a, a bathroom, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of what we had to do. The, the audio side, and that's completely different, uh, that would be, you know, any, any audio uh, 
kid that's trying to get into something today, YouTube is where you go. You just go to YouTube. Pro Tools is, to me, the standard. I would still tell everybody to use Pro Tools. You can download the program for 100 bucks. You don't have to have a crazy interface. And if you have a, a good ear and some talent, you can definitely make some things at home. But for, for the construction end, you're going to need the, that definitely takes a skill set. Okay, and it, it is elaborate. It's like, like Tom said, I've been there. You know I've been there. And uh, that speaks to you guys actually recorded the upcoming Pyrexia album uh, at your own studio, right? We did, yes. That's the benefit of having a place like this is uh, there's no time limits on your, on your work. And we can regularly meet down there and record and rehearse. And it just takes all the stress out of trying to get to practice or trying to find a place to practice or you know, waking up the neighbors or anything like that, uh, or spending big money if you're trying to record, you know, a, re- a, a full production. So we have everything in-house, and, you know, it works out. Awesome, man. And I don't know how much, I don't want to spill any beans, anything like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about any of the outside um, production work that might have been done or something like that outside of the band? Well, you know, we, we, uh, we record things there, and we did ship it out and have it mixed and mastered uh, by a good friend of ours in Portugal. And uh, actually, I think this past thir- this past Thursday, which is yesterday, this is this airs on Friday, right? Just yesterday, you guys got the first taste of the new album, uh, "Pawn to King." It was the first single that came out Thursday, twenty uh, first, from Unique Leader. And uh, for me, it's a new beginning. I mean, the way I described the album to me is when you write an album like "Sermon of Mockery." Like "Sermon of Mockery" is like a monkey on my back my entire life. It's like Moby Dick. When you, write, when you write an album like that and you're trying to kill the whale, you're always trying to beat the whale, trying to, trying to take it in. And I've been throwing harpoons and missing the whale for 20 years. And this album, the way I describe it is the harpoon goes right through, kills the fucking whale and everything else. I mean, this is definitely like a life's work to me. And I, I don't even have words for it. It's like this is, everybody always says their last album is their best album. But this is like a different level of, of production and... Uh, songwriting that we've gotten into that uh, I can't I can't wait to shit it's killing me I've been sitting on this thing probably for four months now and the production line actually of trying to get things made has like delayed the process because you can't get vinyl made and everything's all backed up but uh, finally uh, everything's done and the new album comes out December 10th this year Unique Leader and the first single was yesterday so there's a lot lot going on this this past uh, year and a half of the boys wow yeah wow big uh Big words, man. I, I we appreciate that. Um, and, and like like you said, people can uh, check out that new song. I'm sorry. What, what's which which was the song? It's called "Pawn to King." Pawn to King, and, uh, the new single uh, from the upcoming Pyrexia album on Unique Leader Records. Uh, it's out as of yesterday because this is going to be out this as Friday. Yep. Yep. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about that song and maybe some of the. Uh, like lyrical narrative going on uh, in that and throughout the album? Well, Point to King, I mean, as far as lyrics, it's just saying, you know, the pawn can take out the king. I mean, you're never too small to make big moves, and the, the pawn shouldn't be intimidated by the king. And that's basically what that song uh, carries on about. But we have something going on coming up, I think November 3rd. I'm going to give you the address in a few minutes. The, the, the label has gotten behind us this time in a way that I can't even express. I mean, we have three videos coming out for this record, and uh, we're in production for all those right now. November 3rd, we're holding a like a, a cast call, you might say, where anybody that might want to be in a music video, you might want to promote your band, you might want to, especially if you're Long Island in New York, you want to come down and represent, uh, we're holding a, a video shoot in a facility in Ronkonkoma, and uh, I can't even express how I'd love everybody to come out and just show support for Pyrexia, show support for Long Island Metal, show support for just getting out of this COVID bullshit and coming back together. So we're throwing a huge, huge catered event, November 3rd, uh, starts at 5 p.m. is when the set opens. From 6 to 8, there's going to be catering. I don't want to say if there's alcohol or not. We don't know yet, but we're going to try to make some alcohol happen if they allow us. It's an insurance deal, but catered event and uh, a full-on video shoot that we want everybody to come down and be a part of. It's at 700... Union Parkway, Suite 6 in uh, Ronkonkoma, uh, Wednesday, November 3rd. So anybody can come down, uh, hit us up on Facebook if you need any information. There's an event page on Facebook. But Pyrexia is, uh, this is a rebirth. The COVID was no question horrible. 
but it was like a cocoon and uh we went in as the caterpillar and we're coming out as mothra it's just uh <laughs> it's it was a, it was kind of a good thing for us in, in, in a crooked twisted way no, I, well, I hear you because a lot of people took advantage of that time, and you guys are a great example. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about building that studio, man, because it blew my mind. Like I said, we've both, um, Tom and I both have been down there uh, before you did all that work to it, when it was more of your typical basement space. Um, and now, I mean, it really it serves as like a venue slash rehearsal space slash actual professional recording studio. Um, very slickly done. Like you said, you gotta have a background in construction to do it that nice, man. I don't know if I could do it out in my backyard like that with the uh, with the landscape timbers and all that. Make uh, make, it, but um, and the sawzall, the, the Milwaukee sawzall. But but Justin's not here, so we won't get into the power tool talk. But uh, you, you talked about November third, um, you know, because we're talking about the single that came out yesterday that people could check out if they want to get hyped on this new album and if they want to be part in a way of this new album or at least of this video. Uh, you mentioned seven hundred Union Parkway in Ronkonkoma, New York, one one seven seven nine Suite Six. He uh, said set opens at five. Uh, there's catering six to eight p.m. Filming starts at eight sharp. And I would mention too. I think this is on a Wednesday if I got it right. Um, and, Unfortunately, and, and, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday, Ronkonkoma, New York. Just watch that traffic. Leave early. Don't be late. You know, that's all I would Don't say be to late. anybody. It's right, it's right by the train station. We're going to have a shuttle to the train station. If you guys want, you know, can't get a ride or anything, take the train. It's a worthwhile event. It's it's a show and a movie all packed into one. So it's really going to be fun. It's also going to be, uh, for anybody interested, an after party where you get to hear the whole Pyrexia album and, uh, you know, hopefully drink beer and, and cheers to it and smoke whatever you smoke and do whatever you do. Oh, but uh, it, sh- it should be it should be a good time. That's great. Well, that, that's actually a big look. The, you're talking about the Ronkonkoma train station. Ronkonkoma train station. Yeah, it's a big hub. You should, it's easy to get to, and it's literally like four minutes from where we're filming. Because that's we rented out a uh, an eight thousand square foot empty warehouse that uh, we're gonna we're gonna pull this thing off, and and it should be sick. Because if I'm not mistaken, Ronkonkoma is one of the lines on New York that run, runs right into Jamaica and right into uh, the five boroughs uh, very conveniently. Yep. So that's you can a go that's from a ten, Big yep, look for any of the pen pi- all the way out or Jamaica, either one. So, Chris, I'm excited about this fucking video show. I'm talking all over you. I got, I got to relax here. All right, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, you, sh- you go to you go to Penn, you go to Jamaica, whatever you want to do um, for the Pyrexia fans out there in the five boroughs who might be listening to this. You want to come through to the video? Uh, it's right there, Rakankama train station. Um, and like like he said, look out for Pyrexia on uh, social media, um, on Facebook. They got an event page and all that. If you want to check out more, but something we didn't talk about, Chris, you talk about coming back. Uh, a rebirth. Uh, I know you got Friday, November twelfth, two thousand twenty-one. The Kingsland in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, yeah. There's a big event going on. I believe it's sponsored by Mutilated Records. Um, not only you guys, immortal suffering, uh, animals killing people, uh, trapped in the morgue. I'm looking at the flare. A bunch of uh, my death metal logo knowledge. I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to decipher everybody, but big event, <laughs> big event going on at the Kingsland, November twelfth, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, with pyrexia, mortal suffering, animals killing people, and many more. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like I said, this is our first show back uh, since since touring with Pathology a year and a half, 18 months, 20 months ago. Wow. So it's time to get the rust off and get back to work. I, it's, it's, it's like therapy. I can't even tell you how bad it's been. I'm sure every musician has said this and people are tired of hearing about it, but I can't even tell you how bad it's been not being able to play and not being able to do this. It's like I said, I... As soon as I quit my job and decided to jump in with both feet, this shit happened. And I've been on ice. I, I don't, I, I, like I said, November 12th, come out because I'm going to be drunk and I'm going to be happy. And I can't wait. Hell yeah, man. So we got uh, a lot coming up in the Pyrexia camp. Now, um, you talked you had, you, you talked at length about um, this new album. Uh, you're, you're anticipating it. You're very excited. And... Uh, you know, I've heard you say it's like sitting on a hand grenade because, uh, you, you know, I know what it's like. You're very excited about something you worked so hard on and um, the label is pushing it back, not at the label's fault, but because of what's going on with production setbacks. For people who don't know, uh, people who might not be in bands and might not have to deal with any of this sort of thing, who just listen to the podcast or Pyrexia fans, like I know vinyl, just like the supply, I guess, and of it has backed things up for months and months. We joked around about how Tyler Tyler Swift's album is backed up for nine months on vinyl right now. 
So, like, what does yeah. that mean for underground death metal if, if she can't even get a vinyl pressing? But, like, True. Wh- so, like, what's what's the deal with that as, as your understanding of it? Why is it so hard for albums to come out at the moment? Well, I mean, just think about it. It's like saying we're going to go get Pyrexia 8-track tapes make, made tomorrow. Who's going to make these things? I don't think there's many manufacturers that are pressing vinyl anymore. I think that's the bottom line. There's one or two big uh, manufacturing plants that most of the bigger labels and distributors use, and then you got smaller independent guys doing it, but there's no mass, like you can't go online and say, let me go find 10 vinyl places. I guarantee you eight of those vinyl places use the same place in China or the same place somewhere else that does it, and that's really the bottom line. A lot of these things are not getting pressed in America. That's huge right there. So you have to wait on that. I don't think there's a, it's a was a viable industry 10 years ago, so it all folded up. One of my first jobs I actually had, if anybody is familiar with Long Island, was working at this place called HTM. It was called the Hop Hog Tape Manufacturing Plant. They were huge. I'm telling you, thousands of tapes and CDs and DVDs flying out of that place. Millions and millions of dollars. Three shifts going, never stopping. And then you go there and it's, a, it's dead. You got like 20 buildings empty for rent. It's just, you know, the industry's dead. Was dead, and now I guess is making a comeback. But it's to me... If you want my personal opinion, and I hope it's not true because I do enjoy vinyl, we'll see if this is just a trend, and that's why a lot of people are probably hesitant to drop big money on any production plants or anything, because, you know, think about it, it's really just for fun to have vinyl because it's not really, that's not the go-to listening method, you know? So I think that's mainly mainly it. Getting it pressed in China, the, you see all the shipping containers not getting in the, the ports these days. There's so many things going on with the supply chain, but to me the bottom line is probably there's only a handful of people uh, that are manufacturing these things. That's well. We, you know what? You just you just sparked a thought in my head. We should try to reach out to uh, people who work in the industry, like you know, like before you know the label or the band even gets to like people who actually work for these pressing plants. If there's anybody right. listening to the Heavy Hole podcast, actually who works in like that in the actual processing industry, you know, before the record store and before the record label, uh, who wants to reach out? That would be interesting to get that perspective. Wasn't Steve Eggs involved in that in some yeah, capacity, he was, I yeah. think? Yeah, well no, he yeah, I think he was like he was like boxing the records up and stuff. Right. But that that would be interesting. But okay, so but getting back to you, Chris, because we got you on the phone. Um you you talked about I you know, again, I know a little bit more maybe about the album than um, you know, other people might just by virtue of being friends with you guys. Just by any- virtue that you're on the single that got dropped yesterday doing backups. <laughs> I mean, that might <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Okay, yeah, so everybody doesn't know. I mean, Will Will came down because I mean, Will is our bro. I mean, Will is like the sixth Beatle or the fifth Beatle, whatever you want to call it with Pyrexia. So he's on he's on the record, of course. He made his appearance, and uh, he is on the song that was dropped yesterday, "Point to King." Beautiful. So I, I'm, I that's what I'm tiptoeing. I'm tiptoeing around everything because I don't want to spill any beans. The label's going to say, "Hey, hey, Chris, why did Will say that?" We were waiting for yeah, the promo, yeah. whatever, you know. But yeah, so so uh, I did have the um, the honor of doing the guest appearance that's on the single. People could check it out. Uh, and um, the other thing I'm getting at is, there anything else that you want to cover about this new album? You spoke very passionately about how you feel about it. Um, I, I just, you know, maybe anything in terms of like it's tough. What's it's that? tough, uh, Will, because. It's, it's my own work. It, it's up for other people to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? I did it, and now let, it's, it's not. I don't even feel like it's my place to talk about it. Huh. I love it, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But let, I, now it's time for the rest of the world to hear it and let them talk about it and see if it's worth talking about. You know what I mean? I obviously love it, but so does every person that puts out their record. Although, anybody that knows me, and I mean this, dead, deadly serious, even going back to Sermon, I think everything we've done failed for what I was trying to do and was never huge or epic or deser- I'm thankful that we're still doing shit today because in my own opinion we put out some, some weak definitely some weak songs and some weak albums that, that I'm not 100% proud of so I can't say that I like everything I do but this has definitely got a different feeling uh, the way the label's supporting it makes me feel uh, something's gonna something's really gonna take off with this and just the reaction of let's say 20 people that I've shared it with that I trust and some strangers that I want, you know, blunt answers from, it's getting the type of feedback that, that, you know, I was waiting 20 years to hear and to see and to feel and to watch people enjoy. But again, it's, that's the most I want to talk about it because it's all, all up to opinion. And we'll see what the, what the wolves say once, I, once they get to meet. Well, fair enough. Uh, when you speak so bluntly about um, moments in Pyrexia's past that don't live up to your expectations... 
Uh, let's just say that. I, I don't want to ask for specifics, but maybe like what what are some what what are some things you think maybe you could have done differently with certain albums or with certain songs? You know, you don't have to name which ones, but just like what what are some some things maybe you say like you look back, you know, maybe I should have had a different attitude, or maybe I should have done this, or maybe I, something was holding me back here. You know, anything like that? It, it was definitely a case of uh, never being able to give it the time and the effort that I wanted to give because there was bills to pay and mouths to feed and. There was only so much time of the day I could dedicate. As much as I loved it, I felt selfish. Uh, you can't. I can't give 14 hours a day to pyrexia and an hour a day to my daughter. So, or 14 hours a day to pyrexia that doesn't pay any bills really, and then only go work part time and not be able to, you know, keep a roof over my head. So, writing songs and and then recording it to the level of production I want. That takes. That's why people, fans, and and other musicians. Everybody should appreciate it. It, it. It's really to get it right is a lot of things have to go have to be perfect, and having the time to write the song, having the money to produce it right. Even if you have the money, sometimes I I, I was like I thought money might be holding me back from getting the, the right production, and you get the wrong producer, you know it, it's it's not work. Scott Burns, we want to say yes or no, made a lot of those bands in in that day. So some some of the songs and records I put out lacked production and lacked. Uh, you know what was need, what's needed really to make an album heavy. All this other albums to me would lack straight up songwriting. Where I just didn't have the time. I wrote one or two good songs I felt on the album, and then build the rest of the album with junk around that. And that that's not the way to do it either. But that was just because I wanted to stay in the game, and I did not have the time. And I, even as I was doing it, even I was handing in my homework. It's like I knew if I got a B on it, I could have got an A. Or if I got a C, I could have got an A. It's just, and I knew I wasn't putting everything in. With this record, that's why this is it. If if it if this is not this is to me this is like my Sergeant Pepper. This is the, the pinnacle of Pyrexia. You're never going to hear us sound better. You might sound sound as good as this, huh. but this is this is this is as good as it gets for us. This is this is where we want to be. Wow. All right, man. That that's very interesting to hear that kind of candor, man. So honest about it because. I mean, something that comes up, not just with Pyrexia, a lot of bands we cover that have a legacy and many albums in their discography. Uh, we talk about the idea, uh, you know, how certain albums are different. Like, for instance, when we talk to members of Mortal Decay, um, off the top of my head, but there's one album that does not have Anthony Apri on drums. They had a different drummer for just one album. And, um, you know, that might be an album that they might not necessarily want to listen to or go back to as frequently because it's a totally different sound. But as a fan, for me, just as a listener, it's kind of an interesting experience, like 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 a what-if type of experience or something like that. And I'm sure there's Pyrexia fans that go back and listen to albums that you might you might have that opinion about and say, well, you know, it's not at 100 here, but they there's a special charm that they love about that specific album or that specific song. And there's a lot, there's there's like a lot to that with an underground death metal and underground music where most artists are not making a living off of it. Are fans more forgiving in a way of production flaws, of songwriting deficits, of things like that? Uh, of lineup changes and all these sorts of things that go with not making a living off of the music, you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I definitely get it. But to me, it's also like in a sports analogy where you got the super fan that will paint his face and wear the colors of the team and uh. scream and cheer. That person that, or the, I'll say, is the same guy in, in metal that might collect a million shirts, where there are the, the, the people that love death metal and get the intricacies and the idiosyncrasies of the art and what goes into it, but then, that's a small population. That's that's the diehards. That's a very small population. And nope, as small as they are, those are the guys that have definitely kept us alive. But, again, half the time, I, if I write a bad song or a bad album, it's because I want to stay in the game until I can get myself to a position where I can write what I want to write or put out what I want to put out. So a lot of times, like I said, subpar stuff will get through. And then somebody may enjoy it, and I do appreciate that, but it still wasn't what I was going for. And I give a shout-out to my man Kuba from Poland. He's a good friend of mine that I've met a couple of times when we went to Poland and played, but mainly only know him online. But he's somebody that I trust as a, as a listener, and he's been a fan for a lot of years. And we talk about it all the time, how he tells me he likes certain songs that I, I'm embarrassed about. But he says, just like you said, he finds the charm in it, and that's definitely you know a factor. 
But at this stage of the game for us, the charm, I, I like the charm. It's, it's very nice. We're, we're definitely looking to shoot over the fence. We're looking for the home run. But, you know, we want, we want to, we're, we're deep sea divers. We want to get the chest of gold down there. And that's, that's kind of where we're at now. All right, uh, Chris, I have a question. So Go. you're talking about, like, how this album, you're able to take the time you need and really focus in on, like, uh, songwriting and the production as a whole and um, no rock unturned throughout the recording process. Was there any, like, big moment throughout the recording process where you had to scoop something? Like, maybe you had to re-record drums because of, of something uh, that you weren't feeling or... Just like I, I don't know, total, total different guitar rig. Well, I can tell you right now that there was twelve songs that were supposed to be on there, and only eight make it. You know, only eight made it onto the, to the album. And we did have to switch drummers from the beginning of this album to the end of the album, where we thought we were going to be doing it with one person, and that didn't work out. And we had to now re, you know, basically train and, and teach uh, a new drummer all the, the incredibly hard new material that he'd have to get comfortable with and you know this that and the other thing so that was the two the two blocks i would have to say that that came into with us was having to teach a drummer to do everything because then we started getting pressed for time because we did have a deadline to get the material in and that was a little bit of a challenge but other than that it was just scrapping a lot of stuff that i just didn't want any i didn't want any filler on this album i'd rather have eight solid gems than eight good songs and four bad ones right so ryan isn't with you anymore uh, Ryan is no longer with us. Uh, are are you able to tell us who is on the new? I am. I, I'm going to tell you now. See, I made a whole video that uh, I can't. I'm not releasing it till Monday, but it's okay. All the heavy hole podcast heads deserve <laughs> to hear anyway. Yeah. Yes, we have a brand new drummer who is sick, crazy, and exactly like us. He's our age. He's been in the game for 25 years. His name is Josh. J- uh, excuse me, John Glassbrenner, and he's played in bands like Burial. He's still in burial, malefic, incontinence. Uh, he's from upstate, and he fits like a you know I, I you know I don't want to say it's like a new a new love because it's the honeymoon phase, but we've been together probably about close to a year now, maybe a little bit less, and uh, he's just great. I mean, he fits. We're a family. We'll tell you, we have a certain love for each other, you know, brotherhood, teamwork that he just fits right into, and that that was a big big. That's another big reason I feel big about this album about what we're doing is because the team that we have in place now is all diehards like nobody's not looking to tour nobody's not looking to be there three nights a week everybody wants it to be and that's that was as the drummer to me you'll see i guess i talk about it in this video i make is the heart i mean death metal is drumming to me you have to have the beats and that's the hardest thing to, to accomplish yeah if you have so a bad I, drummer you're not in a death metal band What's that? If you have a bad drummer, you're not in a death metal band. Exactly. That's a great thing. I'm going to make T-shirts with that, man. <laughs> Take but, it. That's all you. Yeah. But uh, It's a great addition, and, and that's what's going on. John Glassbrenner, welcome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's I, you know, I, Again, I didn't really know. You know. Sometimes you're revealing details during the promotion. But, yeah, so shout out to John. Um, I met him. And, I, you, you know, you mentioned uh, Burial, who um, are kind of known as being based out of Massachusetts. Once you get up to that upstate New York, New England area, people can be from wherever. But um, I'm a big fan of uh, Burial going back. And for our Patreon listeners, they might they might know, we I believe, did we do the episode on the um, what we call uh, Northeast Death Metal? Did we do that one yet? Did we put that out? Um, well, I don't know if I put that. I don't know if that's published yet. Okay, all right. I'm just fact checking with my producer. Uh, but but regardless, there is going to be a, an episode on Patreon coming out where I talk about some like New England old school and and more uh, like '90s bands. And I mentioned Burial, uh, great band for people to look out for. Uh, Burial, based out of Massachusetts and upstate New York and all that. So just wanted to mention that quickly because I'm kind of a fanboy of that type of that type of uh, death metal. Um, Didn't we all play the same show once too? Or did you tell yes. me you played a show with Barry or something like that? Yeah, actually, shout out to Jamie uh, who books Hothfest in Massachusetts. Jamie, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he used to play drums in Desolate, if I got that right. Jamie books Hothfest okay. up in Massachusetts, and um, uh, wow, this is okay. You want to hear like this is like a crazy kind of like well, this and this and this all happened on the same day here happening. It was actually, uh, sadly, with all due respect, it was Bill Tolley's last show with Internal Bleeding uh, before he passed away. 
And um, it was so internal bleeding performed, and it was, yeah, pyrexia performed, as did burial with John and artificial brain. So I was there, and I performed that day as part of this fest, uh, um, uh, Hoth Fest, which is, I believe it's, it's, uh, it's a go for next year. They're going to be doing a Hoth Fest in Massachusetts next January, so people could look out for that. So, yeah, crazy story. Rest in peace to Bill, obviously. Just crazy little uh, add-on to that story. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good show. That was a good time. And like you said, uh, that's why I'm dying right now, not playing these shows because yeah. you just mentioned twenty people that are my, that are friends and, and family that I don't get to be around. You know, it's 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 very difficult if you're not uh, in a band. I don't have to tell you, Will. You know how it is. It, it's it's, it's a, there's something missing when you're not able to be with the people you like to be around. And it's been too long. You can you can hold your breath underwater for you know a couple minutes. But 18 months was a long time, and I'm I'm counting I'm counting on it, all this bullshit being behind us, because we have shows lined up. That Morbid Angel tour was rebooked for next March. Uh, I, I still have that nauseous, queasy feeling in my stomach, though, that someone's going to pull the rug out for me, and I really not sure how I'm going to handle that, especially because the album's going to be out, and I really want to get going with things. And if they if anything happens, like with this COVID and continues where bands don't play and countries leave you out. I think we just opened the Canadian border like two weeks ago. Friends from Canada couldn't even come down here. I just need that to change. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. A lot of us are going through that same thing where you're watching all these tour announcements and festival announcements and yep. we're all kind of like sitting on the edge of our seat just hoping everything goes all right. Fingers crossed, you know what I'm saying? Yep, so, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Um, so with that being said, Chris, we covered it. And, you know, like I said, just for all Pyrexia fans that might be new to what we do over here or people who might have just started following our show recently, uh, you can go back and you can hear Chris talk just as candidly about the whole history of Pyrexia and his involvement in the metal scene going back to when you were a kid, really. I mean, we got in, we, we started in Brooklyn when you came down here the first time, you know. I started um, in Brooklyn, but my first show ever, and I talk about this in the, in the video I just produced, my first show ever Mike Smith was behind the drums. I mean, that's all I, I should need huh. to tell you as far as where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a lot of, actually, a lot of, like, as basically as far back as you can go with the Long Island death metal suffocation, pyrexia connection lore, uh, going back to high school um, with that episode and, and more. But just for the listeners who might not realize, man, but Chris, we appreciate you uh, filling us in now on where you're at nowadays. Uh, and where you're aiming to go in the immediate future. Just for the listeners, again, uh, next Wednesday, because this is going to come out Friday, on November uh, 3rd, the Wednesday, you can go out to Ronkonkoma. You can go to follow uh, Pyrexia on Facebook for all the information for that video shoot. November 12th is going to be the show at the Kingsland, right? Show at the Kingsland, November 12th. November 3rd is 700 Union Parkway, Ronkonkoma, New York, Suite 6. Try to get there at 5. If you want to eat, get there at 6. Yeah, and uh, very accessible and quick to the uh, Ronkonkoma train station here on Long Island for our um, our, our Western uh, Five Boroughs New York City listeners who might want to be in on the Pyrexia video there. Um, anybody, anybody that comes out to our video shoot and also comes down to our November 12th show in Brooklyn, we got something special for you guys too. Hell yeah, man. Allegedly. So, uh, Chris. Allegedly. We, and, and and also, Chris, this is going to be um, coming up for Halloween week this week. We want to ask you real quick, uh, maybe give us like a top three horror movies, horror, science fiction, top three movies that are appropriate for Halloween um, before we ask you the usual get out of here questions. Top three for me always is going to be Exorcist, Exorcist number one, mm. uh, The Shining right up there with it, and yes. then I'm, I'm going Omen. Uh, I'm going to stay wow. everything in the 70s because that's when they did it right. Love that, Classic. man. Well, I just rewatched The Shining the other day, man. Ugh. How do you not love that goddamn movie? Come on. Yeah, not going to get into it, man. And don't even go on YouTube and look for the weird theories, man. You'll be, you'll be there all, all night, all night. Um, but, yeah, okay, uh, that, that was hard. And then we always got to ask you to recommend one newer release and one older release by any artists you like, metal or otherwise. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it metal, but newer releases... I'm honestly listening to everything coming out because our album's about to come out, so I'm very interested. I'm always interested, but I'm extra interested in hearing everything that I'm, that's that's new and fresh. And to me, out of everything in the past six months that's been released, I'm going with the new pathology. Even though they're our brothers, and I, and I, you know, people keep saying, "Oh, because you're friends with them." <laughs> that's not the case. Go listen to the new pathology. I think the two songs they put up. Not only are they totally different from each, the, 
from each other, but I think they're fresh, well written, well produced. It's uh, what I look for basically in brutal death metal. So go for that. Old releases, I don't know. Let me think. Old releases, I'm going to go to Canada. For anybody that never heard DBC, Dead Brain Cells. That band, I have to say, influenced me at a certain point in my youth uh, because they have a great album. And it's just not your everyday, it's more thrashy. It's not your everyday uh, thrash or death metal. It's definitely got a Canadian twist. But DBC, and I think they still like do stuff these days, but nothing like they used in the old days. So yeah, those are my two. All right, DBC. I got to look that up, DBC. Not familiar with that. Oh, yeah. The first album, though, because there's, there's a second album that is not... I'm sorry, guys. It, you know, It's not good. Uh, the first DBC album, go listen to it. You'll enjoy it. All right. So it's always like that in the old school, man. Everybody's trying to, <laughs> yep. trying, trying to switch it up. All right, man. Goddamn. Well, uh, all right. Christmas Seal of Pyrexia, man. We appreciate you. And um, we're going to be... Well, I'll see you on that video shoot, man. We're going to be looking out for that new album and all that sort of thing. And uh, listeners, of course, they can go check out that single that was dropped just yesterday, too, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Unique Leaders, for supporting us this time around so well. And uh, I really hope I see everybody November 3rd. Tom, I appreciate it, brother. I want to see you, too. Oh, yeah, man. I'll see you soon, dude. All right, man. Take care, guys. our interview with Chris Basile of Pyrexia, catching up with him, some upcoming news, timely news, if you want to check out that video shoot, be in a Pyrexia music video, or go to a, a show, we got shows back, people are going to shows again, it's can't happening. believe this shit, yeah, can't fucking believe this, uh, mortal Love suffering, it. animals killing people, Pyrexia, a bunch of other bands in Brooklyn, November 12th, it's great, beautiful experience, I'm sure, I haven't even been there yet, I know it is, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'm a time traveler. It's, I mean, there's no dilemma there. But uh, listen, another thing, you know, we had Chris on the show this evening to talk about Long Island death metal, what's going on, the current state of things. I want to take people back in time a little bit, and I was thinking it might be cute. Put on my little my little thinking cap here. I want to talk to the listeners about some obscure Long Island bands from the past that maybe they haven't heard about. And if you tuned in to hear about Pyrexia. I'm not even going to bother trying to school you on repudulation or disfigured embryonic death. I'm going to act like you don't know. You know. The listeners know, Tom. They're not stupid. I mean, uh, our listeners know more about this stuff than I do. I'm not talking down. Yeah. Everyone knows I love repudulation and disfigured and embryonic death, but I'm done talking down to people. All right? This is the age of the internet. It's the age of YouTube. It's the age of Ken's death metal crypt. People know what's going on with Long Island death metal, even in the cracks now, all right? Especially our Patreon people who heard that episode I did uh, from last year where I broke down the entire, the entire like, internal bleeding family tree of bands of disfigured and repudiation and all that. So I want to talk about three bands that maybe... You know, you think to yourself, oh, I know every suffocation album, and I know Repudulation, and I, Big Will wasn't even in Afterbirth back in the day. I know everything. Do you? Yeah, I... Do you? Yeah, I know... I'm trying to bring you three bands that even you might not know, tough guy, okay? First off, we want to talk about uh, an old-school band. Um, Surprisingly, like when you listen to this, Sorrow from... I think they had uh, uh, allegiances in Long Island and New York City. I don't know that this was a straight-up Long Island band. Uh, But I can tell you that their full-length album, classic Hatred and Disgust, released on Roadrunner Records. That's right. Um, How this band is forgotten, I don't know. But it was recorded in Franklin Square, New York, on Long Island uh, at the um, Speed of Sound recording there. And actually mastered at the Hit Factory in New York, New York, which I think is more known for, like, hip-hop. Interestingly enough, 
strange. But uh, but who knows? We're also talking 1992 there. Um, old school uh, Roadrunner reco- uh, recording artist Sorrow from New York City and Long Island. And Franklin Square has like a little old school nostalgic connection. I used to take from Huntington. I used to work at the Cinema Arts Center, ripping tickets and sweeping theaters on Friday nights. Uh, after I get off work, I'd go up to the Huntington train station and take the train out to New Hyde Park. And I'd go rehearse in Franklin Square, my drummer's house when I was in Cursed Earth, my first death metal band ever, man. Um, so I always got a little emotional. I got a little emotional. got a little tear in my eye listening to this beautiful Sorrow album recorded in Franklin Square years before I would ever be a tender lad finding my way in the death metal community. Um, but uh, enough about me and, and how I make the podcast all about me because I'm a megalomaniacal uh, idiot. Sorrow... <laughs> Beautiful, uh, kind of doomish. Like I said, not not like funeral doom, not epic gothic romantic doom. More of just your like slower atmosphere death metal. And they have a tendency to kind of uh, they do the slow down and then the speed up and blast and gallop and the slow down again thing. Kind of like a very old school like mentality. They switch it up tempo wise very dramatically, and that um, gives the song itself some of the atmosphere and. Some of the uh, energy, you know, they, they have they have a way of kind of just like automatic, like flipping the switch. Uh, but you get used to it after a while, and you might be surprised at some of the riffs and the song structures that you could find here. There's definitely some gems if you're patient, because um, it, it is a little slow moving and stiff at times, as your old school death metal from this era can be. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I wanted to say about Sorrow. Um, various members were active in other Long Island and New York adjacent bands. Uh, Brett Claren, um, I believe he was the guitarist, is still active with Journey Into Darkness, his one-man project. People could look that up if you're interested in Sorrow. But I just want to talk about Sorrow for a minute. Um, kind of a Long Island adjacent band. not Allegedly Long Island, I don't know. They might have been from New York and the Five Boroughs too, but... Uh, great band either way that's kind of like underrated and uh, maybe deserves a little bit more attention, man. So go back and peep. Another, you know, surprisingly, just another side note, I to, you know, just plugging our Patreon again. I talked a little bit in our Milwaukee episode and our Indiana. We did two episodes, one on Milwaukee and one on Indiana and a few bands from both states on Patreon last month. And in both, I mentioned this kind of atmospheric, slow, drudgy, doomy sound that, the, that certain bands incorporated that I talked about that was kind of like almost like obituary but even more drawn out sometimes and this band embodies that you know it gets called doom death but I think in the old days uh, when death metal was still finding out what it was and, and defining itself as a genre slow temples weren't necessarily off the table for a death metal band right it wasn't a calling card for a genre it was just yeah it's extreme in a lot of ways to slow down like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having a slow sick. part that like didn't necessarily, it just was part of death metal. It was just part of, part of your style. So that's all I wanted to say though. Grotesque euphoria, one word, as we found out painfully while trying to do the research for this part. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass, yeah. but uh, let's talk about the band. Grotesque euphoria, um, allegedly not even on Discogs. They might be now that I know how to spell the band name accurately. They actually were on Discogs. Oh but, my god. Uh, yeah, we're, we're both fucking up tonight. Okay. That's okay, because I'm from Suffolk County, Long Island, thank you, just like these guys are. Grotesque Euphoria, a group of musicians that have been performing together on Long Island dating back to the early 90s under different monikers, uh, Exuviate and Butchery among them. Nowadays, these guys perform under the name Day of Doom, uh, and they've recorded many albums. These guys are just like a library of underground death metal unto themselves. 
uh, that just quietly put out material in Long Island, New York for like two decades. Now, I keep saying to myself, I got to reach out and get a few of them on the horn for an interview because they put out quality death metal that is not necessarily pigeonholed with your Long Island, New York genre uh, definition. Um, more maybe technical, something you would find akin to like Deicide, Morbid Angel, classic Floridian death metal. Um, these guys don't joke around. And the reason I want to talk about Grotesque Euphoria right now is because Day of Doom, their current moniker, this group of musicians, Day of Doom is still active, still putting out material. Uh, whereas Grotesque Euphoria was a band that these guys had years ago that put out three albums and played many shows. Uh, my old band Biolich used to perform and share the stage with them a few times. And this band in particular just hits. Uh, their albums just hit. It's not the easiest stuff to find. You could find a few little clips on YouTube if you look hard enough. But um, well worth it. Uh, this band has actually been written about and given props in the deathmetalunderground.com website, which Big Will has never seen. Oh, fuck. Don't cancel Big Will. He didn't read that website. But um, uh, so just to show you the musicianship, the composition, the songwriting that's on display here, these guys are not joking around. And if you're anything like me, where you kind of appreciate obscurity, you appreciate uh, humility, humility, and kind of an everyday blue-collar approach to death metal as a passion project, um, there's just something so admirable about uh, Grotesque Euphoria, uh, foremost for me, but also just these guys, Day of Doom, Butchery, Exuvia, you can look into their career. I hope to do an episode devoted to them one day, uh, but... Um, Grotesque Euphoria is a, a great place to start. Just such a hidden gem in the underground death metal scene and from Long Island. So peep these guys out. Uh, I'm not going to get controversial. I'm just going to say if you're looking for a Long Island death metal band that can compete with Suffocation, I don't know who's better. Head to head, I don't know who's more technical, but uh, that is competitive in that arena um, and does not fall into the easily categori categorizable uh, um, slam kind of New York thing. Grotesque Euphoria is a great place to start. This is sick. See, that's Tom's... Re Tom, you didn't hear this. This is my first time hearing yeah. this. I, I love this. Right? Tom, this am I wrong with all that stuff I said? Spot on, sir. Bing spot bong. Spot on. Bing bong. Yeah, these guys are like guys with regular jobs that just like live in Long Island and record music for fun. And it's, this is good songwriting. This happens to be amazing death. Yeah, they're, they because they've been at it for a long time, working within this group of friends and musicians together. They, you know, they know each other. They probably have that intuitive musicianship together. They're nailing it, really. Uh, Day of Doom, grotesque euphoria. Do it. Tell them Big Will sent you. If you've listened to the Heavy Old Podcast for a while and you're familiar with uh, back in the day, early on in our podcast career, I talked, I think it was a, an episode about my personal cassette tape collection because I'm not an egomaniacal person. Uh, I don't talk about what my do you possessions. Have for us, Will? What do you have for us? But I did talk about the Accursed demo, Accursed from Long Island. Um, Tom, I, I have cheap glasses. What does that say? Accursed 93? 93. Full demo. Satanic Ritual. I knew uh, all beautiful that. Beautiful woman. I just wanted to make sure Tom read it, because he could retain that knowledge better if he read it. I tricked him into right. studying harder. Uh, a cursed satanic ritual 1993 demo from Center Reach, New York. Suffolk County. We're still we're still deep in Long Island. So uh, I talked about that demo a little bit um, on that cassette tape episode where I delved into my demo collection. Uh, you can go back and check that out for some more info. But this is really cool. If you're, again, um, if you're a fan of Long Island death metal, you like the old suffocation, the pyrexia, the internal bleeding, accursed, uh, despite what the logo and the cover art for this particular release might tell you, um, this is a, like, very heavy... I, I always compared this in my mind to somebody who heard the first three death albums but still had a heavy suffocation overbearing influence. Very, 
Hmm. Very Florida thrash-influenced death metal, but with a kind of suffocation technical bent, and every once in a while they break it down Long Island style. Um, either way, we could debate we could debate the finer nuances of their death metal caliber, uh, regional influences all day. I think it's fair to say that what you hear betrays the extreme black metal imagery that you're given on the cover. Yeah, it's misleading, uh, but I don't dislike any of it no, no i mean I, i'm i'm fine with a good mashup i didn't yeah. you know i'm not saying that you do dislike that what i'm saying is uh don't put words in my mouth i would never sir yeah it's uh the package is unexpected but delightful yeah yeah she's uh yeah she's a delight look the uh the <laughs> the the the, the, the cover are notwithstanding though this is like a real um interesting gem of long island death metal from the era where bands like Suffocation and Pyrexia were kind of like establishing a new regional standard for brutal death metal. And you could tell that this band had a lot more of an occult bent and maybe had more of a satanic occult theme on their minds, um, but still bear that, that heavy death metal influence of the era. So, And I got to go back again. Something I think I probably talked about the first time was the guitar leads. This guy had a very original kind of... Um, signature personality style. He wasn't so much like a schooled shredder as he was someone that was trying to make really cool noises and um, atmospheres when he had a solo. Kerry King informed, but moving in a very different way from Slayer stuff. Yeah, I, I think I saw her character on an old Slayer promo picture. Her that's, oh yeah, that's, I don't know. There was an old Slayer promo photo that looks kind of like this. Kid, she so. probably worked for Jägermeister at one point. Hey, I don't know, man. I hope she was able to get a job after that after this uh, demo came out. But look, um, a whole other story is check out this demo if you're into, into something a um, little bit different from the old school Long Island scene. You want to check out some of that stuff. Isn't that kind of what we're doing with these albums? We're recommending you guys these demos from Long Island classic stuff back in the day. Uh, like I said, everybody's kind of privy to Suffocation, Pyrexia, IB, like the big three of Long Island. Um, and nowadays, I feel like Repudulation and Disfigured and those bands are kind of getting their due. If you don't, you can always go back and check out. I did a thorough Patreon episode for Heavy Hole where I break down internal bleedings like Family Tree of related bands in the 90s and band members. Um, but this is kind of outside of that. And we're also talking to someone behind the scenes uh, coming up who can probably give us more Long Island metal history uh, then we're even ready for so that this is kind of like a preview of that man when we get that going but uh, ch- Enough enough chit chat from big will this is the accursed satanic ritual demo if you want something else um, a little bit of a hidden gem on Long Island Again, next Wednesday, uh, November the 3rd, 2021, uh, 700 Union Parkway, Ronkonkoman, New York, suite number six is where you want to go uh, from 5 p.m. to, wait, oh, from 5 p.m. you show up, 6 to 8 is catering, 8 p.m. the video filming starts if you want to be in that Pyrexia mu- music video adjacent to the Ronkonkoma train station for people who want to come from out of town, be part of the Pyrexia music video. Um, I'm going to be going, that's going to be a good, good time, man. Um, and also, if you want to check out uh, Friday, November 12, 2021 at the Kingsland in Brooklyn, New York, you have the uh, Mutilated Records, Mutilated Fest, Pyrexia, Immortal Suffering, Animals Killing People, and more, uh, many bands. So you can look that up. Follow Pyrexia on Facebook and all the related social medias, man. Big shout to Chris. We always appreciate his time, brother, the show. Uh, and again... You can go back and listen. We did an episode very early on with Chris. He actually came into the studio and broke uh, the whole history of Pyrexia down. Um, His whole personal history uh, as a musician, growing up, getting into metal, going to high school, and being with members of Suffocation before anything uh, really notable happened in the Long Island death metal history and seeing it all happen from the ground up. uh, I thought it was a very interesting interview and one of our first. And um, 
We even followed up and did more episodes with him and uh, Sean Kennedy, of uh, uh, formerly of Internal Bleeding and Without Remorse, currently in Pyrexia. So there's a long history of Pyrexia with the podcast, which is why we just chose to kind of get an update and um, some, some upcoming news about the new album tonight. Of course, yeah. Friend of the show. We love talking to Chris. Love Pyrexia. I mean, you're... you're you're a fill-in for Pyrex. If for those who, if we didn't disclose no, that clearly, not, we're not trying to talk about that as much. Tom. Right, fair enough. Not, it's not like I'm the fifth Beatle. He said I'm the, like that's crazy. But yeah, I do. I do fill in from time to time for Pyrexia on vocals. Uh, you know how it is in the underground death metal scene, man. We got to do what we got to do to keep the train moving. But uh, so this is the you know it's, it's like a selfless, it's like a shameless kind of plug getting him on there. We it, like our friends. Yeah, we like our friends me. to do well. Yeah, one hand washes the other. You know what I'm saying? Both hands wash the back. That's that's what my uncle told me told me the world's a fix too but um something that's not a fix our patreon you go to what is it tom patreon.com slash heavy hole podcast yeah i've been talking about it all night we got the bonus episodes talk about long island death metal talk about wisconsin death metal talk about indiana death metal takes a whiskey drink takes a vodka drink take all that that Irish yeah. uh, rock influence pop music. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, good stuff. No, we do not discuss the classic pop single uh, Tub Thumpers or whatever that song was there. But we do discuss plenty of death metal, and there's outtakes from the interviews. Uh, there's a few interviews where you get a little bit extra. Um, maybe maybe they flip it and they ask us a couple questions, huh? Maybe Big Will gets uncomfortable ask answering questions. I don't know. It's all on the Patreon. You can go to heavyholepodcast.com if you want. The, the, the link is there, too. Uh, for that and also for uh, all the social medias you follow us on the old Instagram uh, follow us on Facebook things like that if you want to buy a t-shirt we got t-shirts and patches we appreciate all your support out there what am I leaving out nothing I can think of uh, except this one (laughs) 